0: agents podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Espresso Agent. The key to success in real estate is confidence, especially when it comes time to call prospects. Espresso Agent gives you that confidence with the best for sale by owners and expired contacts delivered directly to your inbox seven days a week. Up to 90% of our contacts have phone numbers, and the most cell phone numbers on the market. Every day, you can dial with confidence when you dial with Espresso Agent. Visit espressoagent.com forward slash lab code agents. Okay, ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome back for another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And I can say that this is the first time we've ever had an episode number two, or at least intentional number two, that is a follow up. To number one. And we are bringing back Chris Noggle. Uh, if you remember, which uh, the first episode was just a week or two ago, uh, we're talking to a professional snowboarder. I promise we're not going to talk about snowboarding this time. I spent five minutes on it last time. Uh, we're talking about a clothing line entrepreneur, a successful Wall Street, who a person who had a successful Wall Street career, a real estate investor, and now somebody who has become Uh, Someone who wants to teach the world about money management, just becoming wiser and teach you what the wealthy do with their money that the rest of us are not. And kind of disprove all of the theories that were taught, uh, like we talked about last time, food and diet and exercise and those kind of things. uh, And what you should know, what you could be doing with your money to pay yourself first. I think that was one of the biggest things you drove home in episode number one. So Chris, welcome back. It's good to see you again. How are things in uh, Buffalo, New York?
0: Uh, They're great. This time of year is beautiful out here and it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, time to be in this area except for the New York part. Let's just skip that. Buffalo, let's just pretend we're just talking about that. New York, not a good place to be.
1: Awesome. Well, for those that are geographically uh, not inclined, Buffalo's on the other side of the state, so it's nowhere near New York. If, I, if Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's nowhere near no, New
0: Oh, absolutely correct.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So so Chris, I, well, here's what I'd like to do. I'd, I'd like to rewind for a second. I, I imagine that a lot of our listeners are pretty loyal and listen to most of our episodes. And so most probably heard the first one, but maybe it's been a couple of weeks. Maybe they listened to 10 other podcasts in between now and then. Uh, let's kind of recap what you talked about because we, we stayed high level. We didn't get granular Mm -hmm. and this episode, I think we're going to get a heck of a lot more granular. So let's recap it. If you don't mind Uh, kind of rewind and talk about what we talked about on the first episode.
0: Absolutely. So the first episode outside of the snowboarding, the clothing lines and all that good stuff, we really got into a 200 year old concept, a banking concept that was created by the Rockefellers, the JP Morgans and and those of their time primarily due to the fact that they didn't trust banks. Back then, you know, banks, well, banks, you can argue that banks aren't quite any stronger today than they were back then. But these folks had so much money, they wanted to diversify or get their their wealth out of banks just in case there was a run on the banks or they crashed. And, and what they did is they essentially created a banking system, not using banking institutions, but using mutually owned insurance companies. Now, a lot of you, the funny thing is, is if you saw the last one, and we're really going to dive into it this time, this is something that most all of you know about. It's been right under your nose the time time this concept's been around literally hundreds of years and being used every single day by either the wealthiest people you know or the wealthiest people you hear about also being used probably one of the largest users is conventional banks as well as fortune 100 and 500 companies like genworth and apple and and so many others this this concept isn't new but when i tell people this they always say to me well most of them say that sounds too good to be true. And it's, you know, it's a common comment that comes back. And that is because you've never been shown that it can work this way. That's all it is. So kind of what we talked about is we talked about how you can use mutually owned insurance companies and how you can use a product that you all know about, but you don't understand called whole life insurance. But when, when I say that word instantly, your mind goes right field and says, yes, that's life insurance. Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, and everybody else says that's a terrible investment, correct? Dave, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman are correct. It is a terrible investment because it's not an investment at all. It's a guaranteed vehicle. So therefore guarantees mean it's not investing. Investing involves risk. So now that we've kind of got that out of the way, the second thing that I need to debunk is when I tell you whole life, you instantly think about life insurance. You think about that's money when I die that somebody else is going to enjoy. Correct. You're absolutely right. So When we're talking about using this vehicle as a banking instrument, we are not talking about your standard whole life insurance policy that you are aware of. This is nothing that even resembles that. And when we build these, we literally build them upside down and inside out. We flip them completely around from what you know a whole life works like. And how did we learn this? Well, it's simple. We looked at what the wealthy did with their money and we kept very, you know, and if you followed last time what I was talking about, you heard me talk about my little journey on following the wealthiest people around the wealthiest people I knew, billionaires, multi millionaires. And I kept asking the same question to all of them you know, what are they doing different with money? And this common term of privatized banking came up almost every single time. And then I would say, Is that that whole life thing? And they'd say, Well, yes, it uses a whole life policy, but you see. The one thing I started seeing is there was this commonality amongst all of them, whether this is their family office or, you know, just how they've been doing it. They all used this and they all used it for the exact same reason. It was a place where they could put their money. They can earn a guaranteed return. And last time we talked about that guaranteed return is a 4% guarantee from these mutually owned insurance companies. On top of that, the insurance companies pay a dividend each year, and most of them have paid a dividend every year in their existence, some over 160 years. So, when I started talking to them, I said, why would you use this vehicle? And they said, well, number one, we get a higher return here than we can get in any banking institution, any other place that offers guarantees. So that was that was step number one, but that is certainly not the reason why they use it. Step number two is they understand a thing that Albert Einstein deemed the eighth wonder of the world, and that is called uninterrupted compound interest. Con- uninterrupted compound interest simply allows you to put your money somewhere and then not have anything interrupt that. So let's talk about interruptions. What interrupts your money every single day, no matter where it's at? Well, number one, taxes. Taxes, if you've got money in 401ks, bank accounts, CDs, brokerage accounts, they're all taxed. Your gains, when you make that, don't you get a 1099 at the end of the year or a 1099 INT at the end of the year? You do. That's an interruption. Every time you have to pay tax on your earnings or your gains, it's taking away the money that you could earn. So, you know, Albert Einstein said, well, let's, you know, uninterrupted compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, or so he called it, the most powerful thing in the financial world. Well, the wealthy understand this. And they want no interruptions. They don't want interruptions of taxes. They want to keep, keep pace with inflation. And they also want the one thing that we all should want, that is control and access to our money. So that's where I started kind of losing the understanding of this. Now, remember, uh, we, we talked about the fact that I came, you know, from the financial advisory world, the Wall Street world, if you will. And I knew all about whole life insurance. I knew all, I thought I knew everything there was to know about it, except I didn't. And when I started hearing this, I'm like, whoa, guys, how is it that you, you can put your money here and take your money? And what, what do you mean it doesn't get interrupted? Like that makes zero sense. And they explained to me, we put our money here. And when we take our money out, okay, because they, they have full access and control of their money, when they take their money out of these whole, specially designed and engineered whole life policies, they're not actually taking their own money. Matter of fact, their money's sitting cozy in their account, earning interest and dividends even when they take it out. See, when they take it out, what's happening is these mutually owned insurance companies are making a loan to them from their general account. And all the insurance company is doing is looking and taking their account and using it to collateralize the loan. So now let's talk about loans. So when you think about a loan, just like every loan you've ever taken, you think about the simple fact that you are not in control. Okay, that's the first thing you should think about because you have to pay that loan back based on the terms that the person making the loan or the institution making the loan came up with. Not your terms, their terms. And if you don't pay that loan back, isn't there consequences? Your credit gets hit, they come and take the the tangible item that you use the loan for, or they, they just flat out sue you for the money. I mean, there's a lot of ramifications for not paying a loan. So when these insurance companies make the loan, these loans never have to be paid back. Now, I hope that instantly confused the heck out of you because you've never really understood how a loan, You know, if an insurance company is making you a loan, how does that loan not need to be paid back? Well, essentially it does need to be paid back, but I'm gonna get to that in a second. But let's just say you are in full control of how you pay that back, when you pay that back, how much you pay back, or whether or not you ever pay it back. Because here's the one other thing that this specially designed and engineered whole life has. Contractually, the insurance company has promised to pay a death benefit upon your demise or your death. I call it graduation. So for the rest of this, we're going to call death graduation. And I don't mean graduating from high school or college. I mean, the big graduation. Graduating from life. (laughs) Correct. So when you graduate, the insurance company has to pay a death benefit up. Now, if you're just taking loans and loans and loans from the insurance company all the time that you have money just sitting there earning uninterrupted compound interest, the insurance company is keeping track of these loans. And the insurance company is also charging you interest on those loans, which we'll cover. But I, I want to kind of get to the point of why you don't have to pay the loans back. These loans don't have to be paid back or can be paid back on your terms because someday when you graduate, all the insurance company is gonna do is they're gonna look at they're gonna look at your death benefit your outstanding loan. And they're going to say, okay, we're going to subtract the loan from the death benefit. So really what you're doing and what the wealthy do with these is they're just taking an advance of their death benefit. Now a light bulb should have just went off in your head. So now what you just figured out just in that one little kind of explanation is you found a way where you can put money into place, have full control over it. You can get paid 4% guaranteed on your money, plus you can get a dividend from these mutually owned insurance companies, which can be north of 2% a year. So now we're talking over 6% on your money, okay? 4% of it's guaranteed, the other is not guaranteed, being the dividends, but still pretty good. Then you can take that money out immediately. Now, if you own a whole life or if you've ever seen one, when I say the word immediate, There should be some confusion because in a regular whole life, you have no access to your money. Usually in year one, usually there's no access in year two, and usually there's very little money available in year three. These plans, you're going to have access immediately in the first 30 days or more commonly when your check clears. So the reason for that and the reason you've never seen that is very simple we just don't build them the same. Matter of fact, when we design these plans, whether we're building the plan or whether it's the bank doing it, the biggest difference is the commission that's paid out to us or to any advisor or IBC practitioner that's doing it is reduced by 60 to 90%. So we make 60 to 90% less by designing the plans this way. And because of that, guess what? You or the policyholder who owns this contract gets access to 60 to 90% of their money immediately in the first 30 days. So now they, you can pull this money out anytime, no questions, no credit checks, no restrictions. Just click a button, boom, the money's in your account 36 hours later. And you can go use it for whatever, which we're gonna cover that whatever, because that's important. But you can use it for whatever you want. And ideally, you never have to pay that interest back or that loan back because. When you graduate, the insurance company is just going to true up and remove it from your death benefit and pay out the balance. This is, this is like the one thing that not many people understand, but the wealthy do, the banks do, the Fortune 100 companies do, because now they've got a place where their money never, ever, ever stops working for them. No matter what happens, their money is earning uninterrupted compound interest the entire time, and they are taking that money out and using it. Now, one last thing, and then I'm just, I kind of want to Find out how we can go deeper into this to cover some things. But I did say that the insurance company is going to charge you interest, which is absolutely true. The insurance company is going to charge you interest. And most of them right now that we work with in 2020 are charging 5% interest. So now I want you to think about that. It is 5% simple interest they're charging you, but you're earning how much? 4% guaranteed plus a dividend, which could be north of 2%. So let's just use 6%. And actually, I'll use the real number for one of the largest insurance companies we work with here in 2020. Their interest guaranteed of four plus the dividend is 6.2%. So what is 6.2 minus five? It's a net of 1.2. Imagine walking into your bank, giving your bank teller a deposit of 10 grand. 30 days later, you walk back into your bank and you withdraw your $10,000. You just take your 10 grand back out. And the the bank then says, you know, thank you so much for depositing your money with the bank. Hey, just so you know, we're going to continue to pay you the equivalent, the net of 1.2% on your money. And now what we're going to do is we're just going to give you a loan from our bank coffers at at a lower rate than what we're paying you. Are are you okay making 1.2% you know, on your money while you go and use it? I mean, literally that's, what I just, that's exactly what happens. But the beauty is, is that's the worst number you will ever get in these because that's the first year, the second year, the third year, the fifth year, the 10th year, what has been happening to your money? It's been going up because of compound interest. So every year you're compounding on a higher number and every year the insurance company is going to charge you interest on those loans at the exact same simple interest. So one's going up and one is remaining the same. Now, what does that spread look like in five years? Well, I can tell you it's upward of 5%. How about in 10 years? The numbers get really silly and I don't, I'm going to talk to you about some numbers in a bit, but they absolutely get ridiculous because you just don't know how to calculate uninterrupted compound interest in your head. The easiest way to look at uninterrupted compound interest is, did we talk about the the million dollars of the penny doubled every day for 30 days? No. So- I ask people all the time, you know, trying to explain uninterrupted compound interest. I say, imagine if I offered you a million dollars today or a penny doubled every day for 30 days, which one would you take? Most people that have never heard about this clearly would take a million dollars. So like, give me the million. Yeah. But what you literally just gave up on is is this thing that Albert Einstein talked about, uninterrupted compound interest. That penny doubled every day for 30 days is $5.3 million in change. So you just, you just four, you just four, you gave up four plus million dollars by taking the million bucks. Well, that's the truth because that's how it works. Money compounding every day is unbelievably powerful and grows to levels that you can't even imagine. We'll talk about some of the numbers, but I want to kind of stop talking for a second.
1: Sure. And I do have a couple of questions and comments. Um, First things first, let's go backwards because you mentioned what we think we know about whole life and I'm going to tell you what I what I my my opinion of whole life or how it was introduced to me and I have one company's name in mind that's Northwestern Mutual I don't know how many people have experienced that but we've all had like that high school buddy who went to work for Northwestern Mutual and then they blow you up and then they they ask you for a list of all of your friends right that's that strategy and and to me I may not be everybody, but it just was dirty. And so because of the way they approached you and I'm thinking you're just like right out of college and you're trying to tell me and educate me on something that I don't know anything about. There's no way in hell you can be an expert here. What's what gives here? It just seems shady to me. And then you watch the company's trajectory where it's just like recycling. They're just recycling new people there's a reason why I think it's because you can't get anybody with any experience to sell whatever they're selling, and so I, I believe, and I'm sure somebody can resonate with me. That's what people think about whole life, and so can you? Can you go a little deeper on the difference to what we as the average human thinks of whole life versus what the vehicle you're talking about? Because I think the vehicle you're talking about is over all of our heads. We have no idea. We've never even heard of it. Like you said, it's it's like a secret, right? It's only the wealthy know about it. Uh, can you break that down a little bit? And then I want to go back to the uh, the compounding interest uh, conversation as well.
0: I, I think that was genius how you did that because Northwestern Mutual and you know the New York Lifes and, and the other big ones that you've heard of, that's exactly how they do it. I started my career as a financial advisor at New York Life and guess what they taught me to do? Exactly what you just said. Go out there and be a, 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 I don't want to say a slimy salesman, but go out there and be a salesman, sell this to every single person. That's what we were groomed and taught to do. And and I'll be honest, I've been sold insurance from my friends in high school before I even got in it because that was after high school and after college college. But, uh, the funniest thing is, is yeah, that's what, that's what we know about whole life insurance. And we get into it and you know what? It's exactly what Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman says. If we just look at it from the surface, it's a terrible place to put our money. Why would you ever want to put your money into that vehicle for Northwestern? I don't mean, I don't want to pick on Northwestern. They're a good company and just- just for the record and full transparency, Northwestern Mutual absolutely is not one of the companies that works for this concept I'm talking about. So if you have a whole life from Northwestern Mutual, it, it will not work for the banking strategy that I'm talking about. It just won't. They're a great company. They have a great product. It doesn't work for what I'm talking about. But whole life traditionally... Doesn't have any available money in year one, so you make your 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 premium payments, okay? Because they are payments. You're making payments to the insurance company in year one and in year two, and you look at your statement, and there's no money year one, there's no money year two, and you're just flat out like, why am I doing this? This is a long time that I gotta wait until the day I graduate, and you know what? I care more about the money I have in my bank today than I do about the money somebody's gonna get the day I die. So, what gives? Well, your app absolutely correct. That is your traditional standard off the shelf whole life. And the way that it's designed is designed to maximize the amount of death benefit you have. Secondly, and I don't mean to say this, but remember you mentioned they keep recycling people over and over. It's because in the first three years, the failure rate of an agent or a financial advisor, I think back when I did, it was like 90 plus percent fail because they just, it was commission only. They just couldn't make it. So they failed. So they're always just recycling people. And it's just always just gets this terrible, terrible, like, I don't know, it just gives a bad name to the industry because yeah. of that nature. But uh, the way we design them, and the way we do them first and foremost, I, I want to be clear, so remember how you were sold, and you didn't like that, we don't sell anything. Any video you watch, there's no pitch at the end, there's no sale at the end. And you, do you know why? Because when we teach people how this works, We don't, we don't have to ever sell anything because when you see the numbers, when you see how this will impact your life, people call us, people reach out to us. People constantly are coming to us. We don't ever sell this. We help people set these up, structure these and use these vehicles in this manner. So it's a huge difference in how we do it today and how it was done. You know, the way you remember the vehicle, let's talk about like, why is it different? Everything about it is different. Now, the chassis is a whole life. I can't call it something different because I would be lying. It is a standard whole life vehicle from a mutually owned company that is non direct participating. So, you have to look for big mutually owned companies that are non direct participating. It's an important thing. And I know that doesn't sound like anything you've heard, so you'd have to look it up. But it simply means that the insurance company is willing to pay you interest and dividends on the full amount of your money, even if you took loans of the entire amount out. Now, Northwestern is a direct participating, which is the opposite of what I just told you. So that's why they don't work. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is how we design it. You see, what the Rockefellers and and these wealthy people figured out is they figured out how to put the most amount of money into the insurance company's general account. If you really did some research and you looked up insurance companies and how much money they make on their general account, it'd blow your mind. And the reason why is because insurance companies can invest for 100 year blocks. They can invest in something that won't even have returns or solid returns or benefits for 50, 30, 50 to 100 years out. You and I can't do that. Most businesses can't do that. They would go out of business. Insurance companies are one of the few institutions that can. So because they can do that, the returns are absolutely staggering. Think about real estate. Imagine if you invested in a really, really good giant apartment complex and you had 100 years to wait, okay? And you could own that thing for 100 years. What would that thing be worth in 100 years? What would the rent roll be in 100 years compared to when you bought it? I I wouldn't even know, right? Right. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. Insurance companies can do that. So their, their general accounts have returns that are absolutely staggering. And the only way to access their general account returns is through this vehicle, through this contract which is called a whole life contract. But the difference between your your buddy, your high school friend that, you know, tried pitching this to you and selling you a whole life, and what we do is we take the majority of your money, 60 to 90% of your money, your what we call deposits, because no longer premiums. Premiums are payments. What we do, we're depositing money in the insurance company's accounts. We so there's so a is, rider. Is
1: there no monthly, is there no monthly installment or payment, like you said, for like a traditional This is just you depositing when you want to deposit?
0: Not necessarily. So you do have to have some systematic deposits. It can be monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, or annual. So from that standpoint, it's the same as the regular whole life. So you do have some type of a commitment that you're going to do, which I'll get into. But the majority of the money that we're doing is going into the insurance company's general account through this special rider in the contracts that that not many people know about. The agents that you're talking about, they know about this rider but they don't use it because every penny they put into that rider means they are not getting paid. So why the heck would they ever tell you to put money into this special rider that goes direct into the insurance company's general account and becomes almost immediately available to you? Why would they tell you about this if they're going to not get paid on it? You know the answer. They don't, right? They don't, or they just are not taught how this works. So, when I say we have to give up 60 to 90% of our commission, because our clients don't pay us direct, all they do is make deposits into their accounts, and we get paid by the insurance company. But we literally get paid 60 to 90% less than your friend at Northwestern, because of the way we build these. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there's special loan provisions on these right or on these policies that we do. So when we take this money out, remember, I talked about how the loan interest, works in relation to the interest you're earning. Okay, that's not a standardized thing. So we had to learn how to build these. And we learned by reading, well, there was a gentleman by the name of Nelson Nash, who kind of pioneered this. But we also studied how banks use this on the bully side. Do you mind if I go into the bank story? Because this will really make a lot of sense.
1: Let's
0: do it. All right. So how, when you walk into a bank, how many vice presidents do you see at a large commercial bank? Isn't yes. it just about like everybody running around in suits or every nice dresses? Little, every, little,
1: every little office has that title, yeah.
0: VP, VP, VP of janitorial, VP of door opening and locking. I'm, I'm kidding, but there's a lot of VPs. And sometimes you got to sit down and you got to think about it. And you're like, why does a bank need so many vice presidents? And I have a very good answer. So a vice president represents an executive to the bank. An executive to the bank represents an insurable interest, meaning if that vice president were to pass away, that bank, who that VP is so important to, has a vested insurable interest in that employee. So if they passed, the bank is going to need money to then replace them. Stop so it. here's-
1: Stop it.
0: Oh, you know where I'm going with this.
1: Stop it. That's
0: not true. Is it really? Really? Oh, well, let me me take you to the next round. So when you become a vice president of a bank, and different banks are different ways, but essentially most VPs get promoted, they get a pay raise. Okay, they get a fully paid up life insurance policy. In most cases, the bank will say, hey, we're going to give you a fully paid up life insurance policy for the rest of your life. And then we're also going to give you a thing called the deferred compensation plan. Now, this isn't just banks that do this. This is other companies. But if you work at this bank for 20 or 30 years, when you retire, our bank will pay you an income called the deferred compensation plan for the rest of your life. So what does the bank do? Well, here's what the bank does. The bank promotes them, does all this, makes these these executive promises called golden handcuffs. The bank goes out and buys a whole life insurance policy, just like what I'm talking about, on that employee. That employee now, because they're an insurable interest, gets they, they have to have an equitable benefit. That equitable, bene, equitable benefit is twofold. Number one, it's a fully paid up life insurance. That employee is psyched. He's like, I don't have to pay for this life insurance. My, my husband or my wife is going to be psyched because now... If I pass, they get a death benefit so that'll take care of our family and now I've got this income that I didn't have to put any money into this deferred comp. I can if I want but I didn't have to and I'm going to get an income for the rest of my life the day I graduate. This is a sweet deal for me. The bank is looking at it saying this is a really sweet deal for us Board of directors, listen to this. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a bunch of money. We're going to shove a bunch of other, you know, of our tier one capital into this insurance contract. Tier one capital has to be, it's the most prized possession of a bank and it has to be invested in very secured assets. I I would like to say guarantee, but I don't know if banks actually have to guarantee it, but insurance company contracts are guaranteed to pay what? 4%. So the bank shoves a ton of money into these contracts on these vice president's lives. And while that vice president is working, that contract keeps building and building and building the way I just explained, uninterrupted compound interest. The bank can go in and use that money and go buy another building for the next branch, go buy another big giant building downtown, you know, to do an office space, whatever they do with it, who knows. But when that employee retires, that bank starts paying them an income. Deferred compensation out of the cash value of this specially designed whole life. When that employee dies, his spouse or, or or husband or, you know, their significant other gets a death benefit. But what does the bank you think get a death benefit, I was just gonna a say. very, very big death benefit, which pays the bank back for every penny they ever paid and then some and then some. Do you see why this works? Do you see why the wealthy always get richer? Generation after generation, they can't spend enough money. The Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, well, you ever think of how that happens? It's not because they're magically good at just investing money, which they are, but it's also because every single time one of their family or bloodline graduates, there's a giant death benefit paid back into that trust, fulfilling the obligations and fulfilling the the desires of the next generation over and over and over again. That's why they always say the wealthy keep getting wealthier and they will always keep getting wealthier. Even if they run out of money, all that has to happen is one of them has to graduate. So I tell that story because listen, that's the basis of where this started and how this works. And that's how it's used every single day. Now we just got to figure out how do we use this silly thing to do the things we do in our lives? How do we create wealth using this by taking, by using what I just said to take back all the money that you give to everybody else on your, That's what we do. We give away 90% of every dollar that we make because we've never been taught how to actually pay ourselves first. We think we do because we get a paycheck. No, no, no. I'm talking about pay yourself first and then pay everybody else with weaker dollars.
1: With weaker dollars. Interesting. So you you mentioned uh, before we went live that you had some examples that you could share or we could talk about because I think that's important. I think the one thing that some people might get lost here is that you know you're mentioning the Rockefellers, but you're you're mentioning like uber wealthy people. It's easier to get wealthy, Warren Buffett, when you have money. But yep. when you when 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 you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you only have a small portion of your income that you can allocate to savings, which most can't even do that. Uh but when it's just a small portion, it's a hell of a lot harder to grow that compounding. Wealth, right? And so, so talk. To, I, I assume. And I and I know you do this. Talk to that person. Let's talk to those people uh, to help them understand that that this is something that can work
0: for everyone. Everyone.
1: Yeah. And so, let's 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 get into that.
0: So the easiest way for me to do it is just to tell you how I use it personally. Right, I'm not the Rockefellers. I'm not the Rothschilds. Listen, if you heard my story in the first one, I grew up very, very lower, lower, lower income, middle class, if you will, and I, I had to struggle all my most of my entire life to get where I'm at today. So believe me, when I started this, I was hurting. I didn't have hardly any money, and it was a huge. Challenge for me to even put the three hundred and forty dollars a month that I did into my first specially designed whole life, but I I managed. So now let me just. Do you want me to share my screen for those watching, or do you want me to just go off of the numbers here? What do you think? I don't you?
1: mind if you share the screen, and we can like we talked about. We can put this on YouTube for anybody who wants to watch it. Yeah, go ahead.
0: So let's let's do that. I'm going to try to share my screen real quick, just because I want to explain the numbers here. And I'm for those of you that can't see the screen, it's fine. What you can do is you can just go back. And And we can basically, you know, watch this on YouTube, but really just, just pay attention to the, the numbers. That's all I want you to understand is just the numbers. Now, here's the unique thing, folks, this plan that I've got up on the screen that all that those of you watching and those of you that are listening, I'm going to go through the numbers. This is my plan. This is the plan that I started. Okay. Not too long ago. I just had a daughter, right? She's now just a smidgen over a month old. And I was, I was kind of, when she was born, I said, you know, I have to do something for her her, because I want to make sure she's going to have money to go to college. I want to make sure she'll have money if she wants to be a pro surfer or a pro snowboarder to fund that, that endeavor, because that's expensive. And I want to make sure she has money to pay for a car she has money to put a deposit down in her house. I want to set her up. Here it is my plan in front of you. So let's run through the numbers. My deposit is $10,000. Now, for those of you listening that are saying, Chris, I, you know, I just don't, I don't even have $10,000. Listen, that number that, that number works for me, whatever number works for you. The magic minimum, here's the minimum to make this work. Take your age, whatever it is. If you're 30, 10 times your age is 300. If you're 40, it's 400 a month. If you're 50, it's 500 a month. You see, just take your age times 10. That'll give you your minimum monthly. And that is by, by no ways about it. If it's less than that, this is not going to work. So if it's less than that, well, we got to start one step before this, and we got to figure out where is your money going, and we got to take back some of that money. But is, mine it, is ten grand
1: is, is it not going to work, or is it just not going to work as effectively if they can't put as much? Well in
0: it's not going to work as effectively. It's not going to look like these numbers I'm showing you. If, if you don't do 10 times your age, it's still going to work. It's just not going to be as efficient would be the best work. Okay. Cause we're going to design it the same no matter what, but I, I will say this. If someone came to me and they wanted to start one of these with less than 10 times their age, I would, I would, number one, try to find out where their money's going and see what's the problem. Number two, if they really couldn't, I would tell them, let's wait until we can get there. Or or there's several things, but I would be reluctant to start it because I know it's not going to work the way that I teach this. But let's go into this. So this plan right here is a specially designed plan. This is a just I'll be in full transparency. This is a mass mutual contract. Okay, it's a very unique product. Okay, I'm not gonna go into the products just for compliance reasons, but this is one of the main plans we use. You'll notice that in the very first year, I deposit 10 grand or I could have deposited it monthly to 833. Now that's and let's
1: let's describe, let's pretend like we're on radio, describe $10,000. Go ahead, describe you-
0: the, the age person you're using here for the example as you go through this. Okay, so I am 42, but insurance age because my birthday's coming up in like a less well less than a month now. My uh, insurance age is 44. So this is on a 44 year old male in very good health. Okay, now the health doesn't really matter for the banking policies we do, but I'm just giving you the relevance of what this is. This is me, 44, in good health, able to contribute and deposit $10,000 a year. How the $10,000 gets in there, folks, is up to you. You can do it all in one shot. Okay, I do it monthly, so I do eight hundred and thirty-four dollars every single month into this contract. That's how I'm funding this, and you can do it any which way. But now, if I ever got myself in trouble, let's say there's a year that you know I couldn't make that ten thousand dollars, I have the ability to reduce that ten grand by sixty percent in the way that my plan is built, so I can take this thing down to four thousand bucks and I could contribute only $4,000 a year for a year, for two years, for three years. Now, would that affect my numbers? Absolutely. But would it kill the plan? Would it hurt my plan? Not one bit. So I'm just explaining like you can deposit 10 grand, you can reduce it by up to 60%, but the one thing you can never do with the way these plans are designed is go a penny more than $10,000. If you do, you will basically violate what the IRS guidelines are calling me mech 7 pay rule and this plan will become completely taxable because I haven't gotten into the tax ramifications but the way I'm going to show you my plan is built I will never pay any taxes on any of the growth we're about to witness but let me d- just dive into it so I'm 44 I'm depositing1 10000 dollars so let's just assume that I go and I deposit 10 grand in my account now immediately, Immediately in the first 30 days, I could basically go into my account, click one button. 36 hours later, roughly between 9,100 and 9,200 dollars would be back in my bank account, just like that. I didn't fill out a credit app. I didn't ask get asked any questions. The insurance company didn't ask me to fill out those annoying forms that you have to fill out at the bank when you take out more than ten. You know, any I don't know what the denomination is now, but it used to be ten grand. None of that. I just clicked the button and the money's in my bank account. So. I now can use 90, let, let's just call it $9,200. And on the screen, you can see that's highlighted. I have the ability to use $9,200 of my 10,000. Now, some of you are like, that sucks. That's only, you know, that's not, that's 90%. I want access to all of my money. Listen, this system is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It takes a couple of years to capitalize it. And When you hear the next numbers, you're going to forget all about only having access to 90% in the first year. But that is the, the worst possible thing that I can tell you about these is that right there. Year one and year two, you will not have access to all of your money in this plan design that I'm looking at. But what am I going to do with that 9200 bucks? So some of you would, are so used to giving up control of your money that you've been taught to park money in 401ks, park money in banks and never take that money because if you do, you basically, something stops, right? The interest, the growth of your investment stops here if I take that 9200 bucks out, does anything stop earning interest? Absolutely not. My $10,000 that I deposited is still earning 4%. I'm still getting paid that dividend, which this company in 2020 is paying 2.2%. So I am making 6.2% on my ten dollars even though I just took $9,200 out. But now I do have to pay the interest insurance company interest on that $9,200. Cause remember that's a loan from the insurance company against my death benefit, which is $435,000. Okay. So when I take 9,200 out, the insurance company is saying, okay, if this, if this guy doesn't pay back that 9,200, his death benefit just reduced from 435 down $9,214. Okay. So I take that $9,200. Now, what am I going to do with that money? Well, if I'm smart, I'm going to put that money into something that's going to make me more than 5% because that's what the insurance company is charging me. So what would I do with that? Well, what could you do with $9,200? Could you go buy a rental and would $9,200 cover the 20% that the bank doesn't do? Maybe not. Okay. Could you take $9,200 and do a marketing campaign to go out there and look for multifamilies, look for flips, look for burrs? And and find more of those if you had an extra $9,200 to spend on marketing for deals right now. Well, I think if any of you are even remotely good at at investing, $9,200 would be one heck of a marketing campaign and would yield a great return. So if you knew your KPIs and that was smart, well, that would be a good way to do it. But let's talk about debt. What if I had a credit card that was $9,000 with Visa and I was paying Visa 15% interest? And every month I write Visa a check for, let's just call it 200 bucks a month. And every month Visa just takes that $200, applies it to the interest that they charged me. And every month I got to keep repeating that, which means every month I'm giving money away to them. I'm literally donating money to them in interest. So wouldn't it make sense for me to take that $9,200, pay off Visa, take the $200 that I was paying to Visa every month without even thinking about it, and then pay that back into this policy, paying down my loan. Wouldn't that just be more fun to pay yourself what you used to give away to everybody else? And in doing that, how much did I just make? Well, I picked up the 15% that I used to just graciously give away to Visa. But not only that, my money continually is earning 6.2 or netting 1.2 in the first year. Do you see how this works, folks? It's not even about this machine. Forget about the whole life. All the whole life is is a machine that I'm going to use to move my money because that's what, that's what banks do. There isn't a business in the world that uses compound interest because businesses, every one of them, from banks to Wall Street to grocery stores to car dealerships, they're in the business of moving money or moving inventory. Think about it. None of them park their money the way that we're taught to. They move their money. And so do you in business. You're constantly moving your money to make more money. Well, that's what you need to do with your money here, too. We need to move it. We can move it to pay off debts and create wealth by taking back the money that we're giving away to everybody else. We can take money from these to buy assets, cash-producing assets that will create more revenue that we can then deposit back in here. But that's only the first year. Let's fast forward to so, five years. So Chris, okay? let, me,
1: let me interrupt and let me, let me ask a question here. So, so a couple of things, uh, and I think I, I get where you're going with this, and correct me if I'm wrong, And I and I always try to simplify this, probably just for myself, because I'm really dumb. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming that a lot of people probably can resonate with me. Um, One, you mentioned a 401k. And almost, you didn't say it, but you know, it's almost like in a way saying, this is a better place to park your money. And the way I'm sitting here writing notes to myself thinking, okay, my 401k has a much higher possibility for a higher return, but I also have a greater risk. I realize that. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I can't touch my money. So I'm I'm just kind of thinking of my own objections here. And as I was thinking through that, because I wanted to ask you that, and I think I answered my own question, I, I think I'm understanding that this vehicle in and of itself is not really all that sexy in terms of return on investment, right? The advantage here, folks, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, and I just want to beat this into their heads, is this is a vehicle to where you're actually going to make money, not a lot. It's not going to change your life, right? And really, probably no investment is. It's really just going to be your money at the end of the day and a little bit of interest on top of it. Uh, over, over the life of whatever, like a 401k, for example, the difference is, and what makes the wealthy people smart is, is this is that vehicle, unlike almost all other other investment vehicles where you can have your money. It doesn't stop earning, even though it's only small interest, it doesn't stop earning. And now you can use it to make a shit ton more money. That right there to me is the biggest caveat though, Chris, is that I don't think, I don't know that the average human is savvy enough to do that. So, uh, first of all, was I wrong with anything that I explained there? and two, Not well, at. All. Okay, good. So then what is your answer to that when that's my object? So I'm just kind of sitting here intentionally trying to not necessarily play devil's advocate,
0: but no, under- please try to poke it. holes in it. It's very important that you you do play devil's advocate, even to the nth degree, because that is how we're going to learn how this works. Because we literally I, I've had people try to I've had CPAs, I've had financial advisors try to poke holes in this. And every single time at the end of the conversation, unless they're absolutely bullheaded, they sit. There and they say, you know, I never thought about that before. Every single time, CPAs especially, because they go into this being like, oh nope, this is going to be a terrible thing. We run our numbers and and there's no way this is going to make sense. But at the end of it, they always leave saying, you know what, this makes sense. You know, everything you just said is absolutely correct. You, if you're getting excited about a four percent guaranteed return, well, then obviously you have a lot to learn about making money. But. What I said very early on in this this podcast is I said, people need to pay themselves first. So right now, you don't. You give your money away, 90 cents of it to everybody else. But before you give it away, where does it go? It goes to a bank account, doesn't it? And what does your bank account pay you on your money? Is it zero? Is it 1%? Because it's not much more than 1%. Next to nothing. Correct. So all I'm saying is this affords a better opportunity for the first place where you pay yourself first meaning put your money here and then from here you pay everybody else right now every penny of every dollar you put into this machine every penny will for the rest of your life earn a guaranteed 4% whether the money's in there or not plus the dividend but you know again we're just really just focusing on the basics unless you find a better place to put your money that gives you full access to it, that gives you the ability to take the money whenever you want, which a 401k absolutely does not. Matter of fact, you put your money in a 401k, you're, you're toast until 59 and a half. So if somebody brings you the greatest real estate investment opportunity of your life and all your money's in a 401k, you're dead. Sure, could you take a loan from it? Yeah, but usually loans prior to the CARES Act were only 50% up to $50,000. can not buy too many deals for that. Now it's 100, granted, but that's going to go away eventually. So 401K is really what we're doing is in a 401K, we're giving up control of our best dollars today. And someday later, we're going to be paid back with weaker dollars. Not just weaker dollars because of inflation, but weaker taxed dollars. Every dollar that grows inside of this, if used the way I'm explaining, is tax-free. Wow. And we haven't got into the returns. Why? Let's explain why. The death benefit. Remember when you, your Northwestern guy came to you or, or girl came to you and, and pitched you that whole life? When you died or graduated and that death benefit was paid to your beneficiaries, was that taxed to them or was it tax-free? Gosh, I don't remember. Tax-free. Oh, it's okay. It's tax-free. So if all you're doing is taking money from your cash value and taking loans from the insurance company against your death benefit, it's all tax-free including the interest in the gains. Listen, you can go out and look at who uses this, but look at how Walt Disney World was started by Walt Disney. It was started using this. Look at how Ray Kroc came up with the marketing campaigns for Ronald McDonald and McDonald's and how he grew it. It was from loans from this vehicle. Look at J.C. JCPenney's, uh, look at Sears. All of those businesses started in re- in recessionary or depressionary periods, and they were all started using this concept I'm but not only that, let's fast forward to today. Now, I'm not getting political, but let's just talk about some high profile people that use this day in and day out that have gone public saying they use this. Joe Biden, McCain, okay, and I could go on. There's a laundry list of these people. Why would they use this? The exact same reason I told you the wealthy use this. Tax advantages, they don't like paying taxes now, do they? No. Every penny they put here grows uninterrupted with interest, and it's all tax free when they use it. So, doesn't that sound like something wealthy would like? Yeah, but not only that when I show you the returns that uninterrupted compound interest gets then you're not going to start You're not going to sit there and say wow, that's not a great return at four percent You just are looking at it from face value like everybody else would so let me go one step deeper So here's your numbers right there in front of you. So from year one, we put 10 and we get nine year two we put 10 in and we have 19. So now that's the last year you're not going to break even. Year three, we put 10 in. And now year three, I've got 29, 433. Almost what I put into the plan can, entirety. Can
1: I, can I mention, Please. by the way, Chris, that if for those you yep. can't see this, in addition to all of this, you do have a death benefit. So it, it's almost uh, like, uh, it's like a term you that's do, built but into who cares? But, but there is a benefit there. So if you do die, there is, there is a, a nice little nest egg for your, for your heirs. Right.
0: Okay. But see, the importance is not what you're all looking at right now. I just ran you through numbers and you're like, wait a second, that's still a terrible place for me to put my right. money. I put a grand in and I've only got 29,000. You are still not seeing how this is working because I'm not going to put 10 grand in and just leave it, sit there. I'm going to put 10 grand in it and I'm going to take 9,200 out and let pay that visa off. And I recapture the $200 I used to give to visa. And I just make that deposit of 200 back into my account. That's 15% I just picked up. Whether you understand it or not, all you're doing is taking back the money and the interest that you're giving away. So now let's go one step further. Year two to three, okay? Year two to three, I just did the math. If you take, and you do the math, you take 29,433 minus 19,090. That gives you 10,343. How much did we deposit that year? Well, we deposited 10 grand, so we gotta subtract 10 grand from that. So that year, from year two to three, I made three hundred and forty-three dollars on my ten thousand dollar deposit. Now you might think, oh, that's not a good return, and it, and it isn't because if, if we take three forty-three into ten thousand, you only made three point four percent. But how much money is your twenty-nine thousand dollars that is out there working for you making? Is it making fifteen percent because you're paying off debts? Did you buy a rental with that money, and is that rental turning you a higher return than that? Whatever you're doing with the money is the important thing. But let's look at your year- 5. Year 4 to 5. This is where you got to start understanding how powerful uninterrupted compound interest is and how powerful control and access to your money is. So 51,126. That's how much money you have available in the fifth year. The fourth year you had 40,055. So we got to take 51,126 and subtract 40,055. That means from year 4 to year 5, our $10,000 deposit grew by 11,000 Thousand oh seventy one, but i gotta subtract the 10 grand because that's how much we deposit we can't count that so our actual net cash on cash return was 1071 dollars. so let's figure out the percentage because this is what you're always looking at with your investments your 401ks your rentals your real estate what is your percent return you make that's what i look at and i hope that's what you're looking at i made 1071 dollars on a ten thousand dollar investment so if i divide 1071 into 10 grand my return, and those of you that can see it, is 10.7%. My 10 grand that I deposited that year is making 10.71% cash on cash return because of uninterrupted compound interest. But now the second question and the most important question is how much is that 51 grand out there making? Well, I don't know what you're doing with it. Are you buying a car that you used to give away 6% you know, to the car finance company? Are you paying off a credit card that was 15%? So now you're getting back 15%. Are you buying a rental that now is turning you a return of 6 or 7%? I don't know what you're doing with it, but do you see that's where this works? It's not getting excited about a 4% return. It's not getting excited about a 6.2% return. It's getting excited about the ability for you to use your money while still earning interest and dividends on the full amount even when you take the money out. That's what's powerful here. And if you really start looking at the numbers... So this is how I did it. I went to the next screen, just for those of you listening, by the time my daughter is 18 years old, my daughter will have in this account, if I never took this money out and I never did anything that I just told you to do with it, if I just did what we're taught to do with our money and I just put 10 grand in here every year for the first 10 years and then I put 4,000 in every year after that, by the time my daughter is 18, she would have $185,000 but how much is that $185,000 earning for her to use for college? Well, let's do the math again. So if in year 18, when she, my daughter will literally be 18, there's 185,437. The year before that, I had $174,028. So if I subtracted two of those, that means I made $11,409. But that year, From year 17 to year 18, I was only allowed to deposit 4,000. I can't put 10 in anymore because of the IRS rule. So I only put four in. So if I divide 11,000, or no, if I take 11,409 and I subtract the $4,000 I just deposited, does anyone know what the math is? That means that that $4,000 deposit that I just made gives me $7,409. Divide 7,409 into 4,000 to get your cash on cash return, you made 185% on that $4,000 deposit. Now, some of you are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how much did I actually deposit? Well, that's easy. You just take 10 grand times 10 years. So you put in a hundred grand. Yep. And then we put 4,000 in for the next eight years. So four times eight is 32. So you put in $132,000, right? So let's do 185 minus 132. Okay, so 185 minus 132 is $53,000 divided into 132 means my cumulative return is 40%. Now, let me ask you, does your 401k make 40%? Uh, no. Maybe? No. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, the, the, I, the right answer is maybe, but the, the real answer is if you, if you were being honest with yourself, no, no it does not. No. But here's the best part about this. How much do you think it makes the next year? because it's not 40%, it's far more than 40%. So let's go one more slide. Here's your rates of return on $10,000. And I just did it for you. So those of you that can't see this year five, okay, remember in year five, so I did the the math for you from year four to five, you made almost an 11% cash on cash return. Year 11, you made the equivalent of a 96% cash on cash return. The numbers don't lie folks. This is just math, okay? And guess what? These numbers outside of the dividend are guaranteed. The 4% is guaranteed. Here's when I retire. So, this is where it gets silly. Let's say I took this thing. I I used it to buy real estate. I used it to buy cars. I used it to pay off debt in those early years. When Vivi was 18, Vivi's my daughter. When she was 18, I had 185 grand to use. 185 grand that was making a cumulative return of 40% and an 185% cash on cash. So literally I could pay for her college, her, her dorming. I could pay for her books all on interest that I earned just that year. I didn't even touch the principal. So while I funded her college or her surf excursions or her snowboard excursions, I'm thinking what's next? Well, what's next is maybe dad's going to retire or have us, you know, a retirement to me is not stopping working. A retirement to me is deciding when and where and how I work. In other words, My retirement is gonna be on the beach of Fiji while I'm out there surfing. I come into the beach when I'm just exhausted and tired to grab lunch. Maybe I make some calls to some clients and do some things. I'm still working, but I'm working when and how I wanna work. Because right here on the screen, which you can't see some of you, my age is 64 years old. My cash on cash return that year alone is 245%. Now, every year I get older. So when I'm 65, my cash on cash return, is 262%, 66 is 279%, and 67 is 296% cash on cash return. But some of you still haven't understood the difference between cash on cash and cumulative. And cash on cash is what matters. Because remember, we have the ability to take all of our money out of this and still make that. But oh, yes, we, I'm sorry, I missed one important thing. We have to pay the insurance company 5%. So what is 245% minus 5%? Darn it. Only 260. Darn, I forgot. I got to give the insurance company 5% of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, folks, but you, you get the drift, right? Just subtract 5% from all these. And I'm just going to go one more slide where I show you for all of those that want to focus just on that cumulative return because that's what you've been taught your whole life is to park your money and just let it sit. Great. So when I am a ripe old age of 65 years old, which sadly is not that far into the future, I had put in $228,000 into this silly specially designed whole life. Now that $228,000 that I have deposited over the course of those years is now worth the cash value, $680,071. That represents a 298% cumulative return on my money. Oh, and I forgot, if I had taken out all $680,000 to fund what I would view as the most unbelievable surf excursion that one human being could ever take in their life, that's right, I still made 298% on my money, oh, whoops, ninety-eight, 298 minus 5, let me be correct, that's how much money my money's making, so folks, sometimes it's just easier to boil the numbers down and explain. Explain how this system works instead of just looking at it from face value, how we've been taught to look at things, which there it is. This is my plan. Like I'm doing this folks every day. The question I always ask people is why don't more people understand this? And it's the simplest answer is you've never been taught how this works. That's all there is to it. You've just never been t- taught that money can work like this. But this is what the wealthy know. This is what my book, Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery, talks about. It. Exactly what the wealthy know that we don't. And if the wealthy know about this, what else do they know about?
1: Okay, so this. Um, honestly, I could continue this conversation. In fact, I'd love to. I'd love to dig deep. Round on. three. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. But 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 here's the deal. We're, we're obviously we've gone we've gone long, which is which is a good sign. Uh, let's recap. So. Not recap the conversation, but how can they find you? So somebody says, "All right, I I feel like Jeff now. I want to have a conversation. I want to have a one-on-one conversation, and I want to use my numbers. How do I get a hold yep. of you to do, to do that?"
0: It's easy. So there's there's two things that would have to happen. First and foremost, before I will talk to anybody personally, they have to watch a video. So I can give you the copy of that video, that link for the video. There's no sales in it, folks. This is just a training video cuz I need you to understand more than what we just went over here. I need you to understand how this really works. After you watch the video, I will basically allow you to contact me through a text and it will send you my calendar. It's very simple. You text money multiplier to 33777. So it's just money multiplier, no space to 33777. It will ask you for your name and your email. That is not because I'm going to solicit you. That is because I need you. I need to email you my calendar and you will get my calendar and you can pick whatever day you want to get on my calendar or my team's calendar. And we will literally design whatever you want, answer any questions you have. And that is it. And never once I I can make you a promise, an ironclad promise. Never once. Will you ever be sold anything? Never once will I ask for you to buy something. Never once will I ask for your business. If after you've done your due diligence, after you've run your numbers and you've looked at your numbers and you've made your decision, you then can ask us to help you design your plan. That's the way this works.
1: Awesome. So again, money multiplier
0: to 33777? 33777, yep. And money multiplier is two words? split them up. And it's put them all together. one word. Yeah. Just don't, don't put any space in there. So money multiplier to three, three, seven, seven, seven. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you want to do like you did on the first one and uh, give them access to any of your books? Like you
0: did the money. School Absolutely.
1: REI?
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Let, let's, let's give everybody. So some of you are still like, Oh my God, this is incredible. This sounds good, but it sounds too good to be true. Well, first off, like I said, if you're going to book a call with us, the very first thing we will require is you watch a video and I'll make sure you have that link for that video and you can just watch the video and then you can make the the call or you can get my book and read my book and this will explain exactly how it works. But to get the book, it's free. So it's not going to cost you anything but shipping. So all you do is you go to money school, R E I. Dot com slash new book, all one word, right? Not two words, new book. So moneyschoolrei.com slash new book. And I will send you mapping out the millionaire mystery for free. You just cover the shipping to get it to you. Awesome. Awesome. And I think there was a
1: couple other ones as well. Uh, the masterclass dash replay, and then there was book. Uh, yeah. Can, that, can, so can you have the that?
0: masterclass yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So the other one is very simple to get the video. It's money school REI, just like the book was money forward slash masterclass masterclass hyphen replay masterclass hyphen replay. Some of you don't have patience and some of you are very limited on time. So that video, the masterclass hyphen replay is 90 minutes long. I got a 23 minute video for you. So the 23 minute video, Video is going to kind of really do a great job of getting you an understanding, but it's not going to be enough. But if you only have 23 minutes, go to the same thing, moneyschoolrei.com forward slash TMMM. It stands for the money multiplier TMMM. That'll send you the 23 minute video training.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been great, Chris. I mean, like I said,
1: I, I, I uh, mm-hmm. we can talk off camera about maybe doing a third one and using maybe me as an example to really dive mm-hmm. deep. And then I can oh, that'd ask be awesome. questions. That's what I was thinking that I can ask questions as if I'm a client, because I have questions for you. And I, I would like to get more into
0: objections of other objections. I think the That's next what. one should be nothing but objections. A truly like the way that people learn the most Because we're negative in nature and that's what we've been taught to do is literally just all negative. Like what, let's punch holes in this thing. Let's talk about all the negatives. Let's talk about everything that's better than this. Let's, let's literally try to destroy this concept that's been around for 200 years. And let's do that using your example, not mine. Let's build a plan for you. Let's put that up on the screen and let's literally try to just rip it to shreds because you know what? I've tried doing this many times and I fail. Every single time because it's hard to do, but let's try.
1: Okay, awesome,
0: cool. Well, let's uh
1: let's wrap it up. And for those of you that um are, want to see this, uh, I will post it to my YouTube channel, it might be there in a week or two. That's uh, Jeff Fitzer. Uh, If if you don't know me by now, I don't know where the hell you've been, but, but it's under my YouTube page. Um, And then obviously there is an episode one. So look for the Chris Noggle episode one. If you listen to this one out of order, go back and listen to the first one. And then obviously we'll probably schedule a third one as well. So Chris, this has been fantastic. Uh, I think Uh, We did a really good job of going deep. And now I think everybody, I I think episode one, everybody was like, come on, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And now episode two, you gave it to them. Now I hope I helped them understand exactly how it works. Um, and now I think we need to go deeper into uh, how, to, how to actually make it work with a real example that's not you, but me, uh, somebody, like, somebody that's just, just normal, right? Mm-hmm. Not that you're not normal, by the way, but you are kind of superhuman. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a professional snowboarder and all this good stuff. So I appreciate your time today, and I uh, look forward Absolutely. to reconnecting uh, yet, yet again.
0: This was a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. All right, man. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform
1: built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463.
0: Agents Podcasts.